0: In the next 55 minutes, the the world's biggest imaging companies head to head.
1: The great thing about what Weissbuddha are doing. What Pure are doing, and hopefully, what we're doing is we're raising the bar in production jingles imaging
2: across the world. Anthony Timmers wants to improve the standard of imaging in Europe. I hear so many promos on the radio that even I, as a freak, cannot tell sometimes what the promo was trying to tell me. Tony Blackburn's tips on how to use jingles on the air. Um,
3: listen, <laughs> listen to the way I do
0: it. <laughs>
4: That's an awful thing to say. And Colin Kelly pops up at the Commonwealth Games. I've never done anything like this before, and it was the most varied and positive and fulfilling radio I've ever done. It's all within Earshot, the radio production, imaging and
0: marketing podcast.
5: Earshot!
0: Hello, I'm Steve Martin, your ambassador of radio for the next 55 minutes, and this is an extended imaging edition of the show. It is 55 minutes long, probably the longest podcast we've ever done, and if that's too long for you, well edit it well we're at uh, Radio Days Europe in Dublin and we're talking about imaging now I've got representatives here from uh, two of Europe's most prominent possibly the world's most prominent imaging companies Anthony Gay from Real World Hi Steve and from Wise Buddha the founder of the company Mark Goodyear Hello there Great to have you with us and also from Wise Buddha Paul Plant, we're going to come on to you and talk about a music library. That's right, no-sheet music. Uh, Anthony, let's start with
1: you. What are the big trends in European imaging that you're seeing at the moment? I think intros are a, an interesting concept at the moment in, in European imaging and different treatments on those, uh, whether it's sound-alike intros, whether it's um, you know using uh, artists, listener audio. Uh, I think... It's, it's an interesting uh, concept which has been delivered in a few different ways at the moment so I'd, I'd probably say that's the the thing that is attracting a lot of attention at the moment uh, and are you seeing the same thing Mark? well what
6: we're seeing mostly is people really focusing on defining their brands uh through not just through what they're what they look like but also carrying that through absolutely everything that they do so we just did a job for place portfolio in the uk which was 16 stations and they wanted uh some work from us that could live absolutely everywhere and stations are thinking about that much more than they used to and that includes things like Anthony talks about with intros but it, it uh, is a it's about having their brand proposition wherever it's in front of the audience and this uh, consolidation of radio stations under groups and brands does that not
0: reduce the number of clients you've got to play with
6: I think it increases the opportunity for people to be ambitious. You know, I think if you asked, uh, in a, let's just say Bauer had imaged all those stations separately, they had been on very small budgets, and uh, what they had, they wanted a big solution for what they considered to be a very big brand proposition, which is what they've got. I think those two opportunities are entirely different, and we were glad of that opportunity. And I think that... Uh, consolidation yes does mean you can't sell uh, so many resings to the same to versions of the same company but it means you can do something amazing if you win the business and you know and and we compete with and along with pure we compete like mad for business and everybody wins something luckily at the moment And there's consolidation in the jingles and imaging production
0: business as well. Real World, you're now a a global company. How has that changed the way that
1: you operate in radio industries across the the world? I think something, as we've grown in Europe, that's been an important thing is to understand what's happening in Europe. Real World's history and heritage is in the U.S., and Real World has uh, and, and does have an enormous footprint in the U.S., The challenge as we've moved into different markets is to show that we can understand those markets. I think as Mark explained, knowing uh, the station brand and and having a consistent brand image through your on-air sound is really important. I think for us it's been, for me specifically in Europe, it's it's getting that across to European stations that that we want to take the time to understand their brands, their stations, and that we have in our armory the ability to to bring that to life so uh real world strength in the u.s has, has in some ways slowed us down a bit But i think the last two years in europe it's been fantastic to to take on different projects and show what we can do in uh, in different ways that maybe people didn't perceive uh, was something that real world could do and how are you spreading out the production across your different centers in the uk and the u.s seattle is is our hq uh, and we've got a team of writers and, and producers out there. I mean, we are in Media City UK in, uh, in Salford, not in Manchester, some people uh, mistake it. And it's, for us, that, that centre gives us... It's a great uh, creative media centre, which means we're surrounded by a, a, loads of creativity and, and some really positive influences. Uh, we've got you know, people in different parts of, of Europe uh, uh, and getting closer to the stations in in France, in Spain, uh, in Germany, in the the Netherlands. So uh, our creative HQ for Europe uh, isn't Media City, but it's important that we're we're on the ground in the other parts of Europe as well. And Mark, you've been exporting from Britain for a number of years as well.
0: Uh, How similar are the needs of the radio station clients you work with in different territories?
6: I think, well, the the most sort of uh, common need is for us to take time, as Ant was saying, to understand their brand. And, you know, very often we pitch against each other for business. Uh, and uh, the, the, when we're successful, when any of these companies are successful, it's because the client believes that we've fully understood what they, they would like to, to, to have implemented. We've come up with something that they think really matches their brand aspirations and expectations. And, uh, you know, Paul really built the... the uh, Wise Buddha Jingles business in Europe and uh, that's really about groundwork it's about going to see people you can't make sales from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Well, you have to see people which is why Radio Days and an event is such a useful event because you can see everybody that you know and remind them uh, of the progress you've made in the six months since you were at a conference but you can also see people who've heard of your brand and actually show them that perhaps we can go beyond their expectations or maybe create some, or correct some misunderstandings about what uh, our company is capable of. Uh, so, but the you know, boots on the ground is the way to do it, and we do it slightly different from Ant at Real World. You've got, Ant's got a lot of people on the ground in Europe, and that's very effective for him. We, we sort of we get on the plane. Another big trend that I've noticed across the industry is the rise of imaging sold as a service. Mark, you're launching a new service here. Uh, Tell me about that. Okay, so we formed a new company uh, with people who uh, Ant is very familiar with. Steve Piger, who used to work with uh, Ant in uh, uh, Seattle, who who, who really came up with the idea of uh, an imaging service through his company, Pure Tonic, which merged into Real World and george taylor who used to work for ant and we combined that with what we know from our uh, jingles and music imaging to come up with uh, our answer to the question why haven't you launched a production service we've had that question for about <laughs> five years and we've decided to do it in a different company because we need to have a really clear distinct brand proposition from our wise buddha jingles company and because there are different people involved and it has a, a different idea i think uh, real world Production Vault is a phenomenally successful service. It's a, you know, it's a towering service, and we're a fledgling. It's a world-beating service, uh, but, you know, in every market, uh, the stations who take these products need market exclusivity, so you don't all sound the same. So there's definitely an opportunity, and I, you know, I'll say this now: if we come in n- number
1: two to Real World, I'd be really happy. Uh, Mark said all uh, everything about Production Vault that uh, I think uh, I was going to say. I think uh, the great thing about what Wise Buddha are doing what pure are doing uh, and hopefully what we're doing is we're raising the bar in in production jingles imaging across the world and i think it's it's a really feels like it's a really healthy place because all the things that are going on at the moment are just meaning that we've all got to raise our game and and take it to the next level i think that's really exciting and when would you steer a client towards the service of of production rather than uh the traditional sold jingle package it really depends on on what they need, and you know that brief at the beginning and that understanding of what their objectives are is is crucial because it might be that a cheaper more cost cost effective option is the thing that 's right for them so it 's not about making you know, big sales and, and huge amounts of money if, if for the client what they need is some branded intros that production vault has then and they already exist, and it's just a case of them personalising for their radio station, that might be a fantastic solution for a particular client. It's, uh, it, it really depends on what they need. Well, let's hear a little bit of uh, your show reel now from Production Vault. What particularly do you think we should be listening out for when we hear this? Something that we've done, uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier with intros, is uh, build promos, which uh, take the beginning of a song but break it down to its component parts and then build them back up again bit by bit and it's something which is innovative it's a different way it's a different take on intros and we're quite proud of those we've got a number of those on on production vault at the moment production vault is an an inspiration service as well as a production service and it's great to hear uh, for example in uh, france at energy they've done their own twist on those. Having heard on Production Vault the versions that we've created, they've built something up themselves. So uh, it's great to to, to listen to those and, and hear not only how they sound on Production Vault, but how other people are putting a twist on those as well.
7: Okay, we're ready? Five,
5: four, three, two, one. Let's go! Production Vault. CHR. (laughs) This is New York's hip music station The most comprehensive imaging service available Branded intros Hey, hey, this is Lady Gaga You'll be my station Check this out. Customizable production shop. Do it. C100. And targeted topical content.
2: As spring just begins, it's hard to think about where you'll be this summer.
5: Why don't you guys join in with us?
2: But on August 4th, we know where we are.
5: And we dance all night. to the best song
2: ever. Midlife Stadium. Hi.
5: where well One Direction. One Direction. Imaging work parts, sound design, and custom music beds. Updated constantly and available instantly. All, all, all the hits. Baby, you know that you love it too. Come on. Get the little chico pit bull, daddy. On New York's hit music, Steve
2: Ditchett. C-100. Oh,
5: all this wild, I love
2: of our all- You want that money? We did it last spring, summer, and fall. And now we're doing it again. It's a new dawn. It's a new
5: day. Log in. Audition. Download. CHR. The on on. From Real World <laughs> make great radio.
6: And Mark, let's have a listen to um, your service, which is called what? It's called Imager, and uh, it's, this brand new company's proposition is it's a complete beginning-to-end beginning service. So it does what Ant has described. It's a it's a it's a source of inspiration, but it's also a fully built and fully uh, integrated tool with jingles and imaging, uh, and in this demo you'll hear examples of how our chr imaging is different from tradition uh, jingles are different from traditional jingles and you'll hear examples of how the imaging really is spot on for how hot chr can be right now
5: the first time they heard it oh my gosh it's unbelievable it was just really inspirational when i heard it i'm like oh it's so crazy so cool
8: it's amazing what they can do with the technology it's, it's amazing it feels like it's ready to be heard
5: I am Imager. Let me make it clear. We play hit music here. Complete station branding, jingles and imaging together for your station. 3 two, 1. Let me make it clear. We play hit music here. We play hit music. We play hit music. We play hit music. You control the sound of your station imager imager check it out everybody what are we doing this for the music the music pop music wow. music just the music that's the most important thing yeah i am worldwide complete station branding instantly ready for air audition cue download even edit your cuts online imager your station's brand on demand. FM, HD, streaming on your smartphone. Music, just, just really good music. I-M-G-R, Imager. Yeah. Jingles. Jingles. Yeah. You control the sound of your station. The sound of your station. Universe.
2: Ready, ready, ready,
5: back, back to the heads. Which, which track do I like better? Better? I prefer it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> wake Up, wake up The Imager Morning Show. Weekdays, when you wake up, uh. wake up promos. On the what makes the perfect selfie? The- Sexy morning hair selfie. The look at me standing next to Harry Styles selfie. The something bad just happened. Grumpy sexy face selfie. Send us your perfect selfie to win $250,000. Yeah, that's right. And guys, we don't want to see your wang. It's not clever. We're big. So keep it clean. Mm -hmm. Send and win. What you waiting for? Visit imgr.com. Branded intros. Let's win. Hit music. Katy Perry, Dark Horse. This is about, you know, warning a guy if you're going to fall in love with me. Make sure that you're sure because if not, it'll be your last. Imager. Imager. There's I'm no going back. Don't stop, don't stop. don't stop. 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 Imager. Complete station branding. Instantly ready for air. Audition. Cue. Download. Even edit your cuts online with the Imager Multitrack Editor. Available now at MGR.com. You control the sound of your station. 24.77 IMGR. Imager.
0: And Paul, Paul Plants here, also from Wise Buddha. And while all this has been going on, the growth of imaging as a service, uh, you're also launching a new, more traditional music
8: library. Is that fair? Yes, we um, we launched in January. Uh, we've got about 25 albums, which cover everything from blues to kind of you know really intense radio promo, beds, electro. Uh, so we've used our core writers to support that we're about five or six but we've also supplemented that with about 40 other musicians who are you know, seasoned media media composers and um, it's been really exciting we wanted to take a slightly different approach so we've got a few features on the website um such as a key wheel so people can search by key they can search by beats and then you can also see pictures of the composers and read their profiles and search by their tracks so it's there's, there's a lot of new thinking in it and we're really excited about it and the feedback we've had from from radio has been incredible
0: target for this product is beyond radio isn't it
8: yeah it is i mean we're starting with radio but ultimately you know we'll reach out to tv and uh, advertising agencies and uh, obviously this is a global thing as well so we're building a network of sub publishers and local agents to rep this for us uh, all around the world
6: You know, one of the things that people say about their radio stations is even if they spend a lot of attention to detail on the talent and the station sound, some things that PDs can't control is the commercials. And one of the reasons we did No sheet music was so that uh, producers in stations can have a resource which gives a very high production value sound to their local commercials. But this production resource will make their commercials sound better, therefore their whole output will lift.
1: Just to add as well, in Production Vault, there's uh, 40,000, I think, at last count, in terms of beds and various mix out. To add to what Mark's just said, we encourage stations that use Production Vault to make sure their creative departments also have access to it, because they might as well get in there and, and get a handle on some of these beds as well, because the point around commercials is a really good one. Why spend that time creating a fantastic radio station sound and then let it down in the ad breaks? Any advance on 40,000? <laughs> <laughs> no,
6: we're nowhere near 40,000.
0: <laughs> Mark, I do want to ask you, as as former air talent, what are your top tips to
6: radio DJs, radio presenters, for using imaging on the air and getting the most from the productions you make? Okay, there's, there's a couple of points on this. Firstly, all are really hot programmers, programmers the imaging so the, very rarely nowadays does talent get a chance to even play with this this is either this is an imaging uh, sweepers and jingles uh, most radio stations put this into the clock out a break so energy probably the hottest radio station in, in Europe certainly in France in terms of CHR that's that's uh, focused and programmed to the absolute last millisecond, and that's why they have incredible results in terms of what the station sounds like and what uh, the and what the uh, the, the performance of in their their listening figures are. But uh, in, in stations where perhaps the talent has a bit more of uh, of, of leeway, which aren't very many uh the tip would be if you've got that kind of control on your output make sure you do your homework so if you're going to do your prep for what you say which you should do otherwise you know you're you know winging it isn't really the way to win in 2014 do your prep with what you what cuts you're going to use and where you're going to play them and against what records and you know don't play it don't play a slow cut into a calvin harris record
1: and as a former pd uh, and anything to add on that uh, I would agree with everything that, that Mark said. I think preparation these days is, is absolutely key. And um, before you get anywhere near the studio, know your audiences, know what they do, know their lifestyle. You know, really get into the side of, into the, the heads of, of the people you're broadcasting to, because that will allow you to connect and engage with them much better. And from Real World, Paul and Mark from Wise Buddha, thank you very much,
0: all three of you. Thank, thank you, Steve.
6: you
0: Mark and and Paul. There, uh, no women on the show this time. But look around radio imaging in general and tell me, how many women are there in this business? It seems to me it's a tiny number.
7: Women in imaging. Women in imaging. Are they diminishing? Are we witnessing a damaging dwindling of women in imaging? Envision a million women in imaging. More women in imaging than in the beginning. Or in engineering.
0: And Poetry Please returns at the same time next week. Radio 4. Uh, No, it's not, of course. Uh, It's me. Uh, But if you're a woman working in radio imaging, do make yourself known to me personally. It's only a slightly creepy proposition. Steve at EarshotCreative.com. The reason, I'd love to feature your work on a future podcast. Steve at EarshotCreative.com.
5: Earshot!
0: Well, it's about this time of day. I like to voice up some questions to our guests' pre recorded answers in such a way that you can't tell we never met. Anthony Timmers is the man behind the Imaging Days event taking place in Amsterdam in September, and he's with us now, or possibly somewhere else, slightly earlier. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Stephen. No, 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 I said hello, not hi. Hello, Stephen. That's better. What do you hope, Anthony, a dedicated imaging event can achieve for delegates?
2: Well, the most important thing, gathering all imaging directors and producers that take their job really serious. Because never before an event like this, especially for imaging dudes and uh, girls, was organized. And I was already walking with this thing in my head for a few years, but we never had the time to organize it. Because it, it takes a lot of time, I can tell you that. Together with our event manager, we've been pretty busy the last uh, month, so we're really happy and looking forward to to September.
0: And what do you feel are the main issues concerning radio imaging in Europe at the moment?
2: I wouldn't speak about issues, well, uh, big issues... But the thing is, today it's really simple to get produce uh, on your computer. And I hear a lot of, uh, well, for example, promos on the radio that are really full of effects. Sometimes it sounds like, well, we had some space left here. Let's put in some effects. Well, for me, and I've been working in uh, the radio for almost 20 years now, there's always a thought in every effect. And besides that, I think a lot of people don't know exactly what they're doing in protos with, uh, let's say, a filter or a flanger or whatever. Well, during the event, the producers that will do their seminars will explain why they chose to do it, how they do it, and some technical issues will be uh, discussed, of course. And one other thing, the copy of the promos. I hear so many promos on the radio that even I, as a freak, cannot tell sometimes what the promo was trying to tell me or didn't even got my attention, really, as a listener. That's probably a combination of copy and all the freaking of the producers. But of course, the message always has to stay clear. Well, one of the sessions at the Imaging Days will learn you, in this case, about copy and bringing the message to your listener, how to do it. That's really interesting. So for you, Anthony, tell me, where does imaging
0: stop and content start? Isn't content and promotion becoming all one of the same now?
2: Well, personally, I think that imaging is really important for getting you in the mood for something that's going to be on air. Let's say your, your station is giving away some trips to New York. In imaging, you can do so many things with audio, like use an airplane or uh, try to get the attention in your promo by using a steward instead of uh, your voiceover. I don't know use the sound of a bite into an apple whatever (laughs) during a talk by a DJ you cannot do those things or uh, think about an outdoor campaign in the city or country that always has to be a short and clear message of course so yeah I would say imaging content marketing it complements each other. Okay, so we can bring it all together
0: at the Imaging Days. They're coming soon uh, in Amsterdam. Why did you choose Amsterdam as host city of this event?
2: Well, Holland is probably the country with the most imaging per square meter. We've got so many production companies, great imaging on the radio. So also to celebrate that, we chose for Amsterdam, and that's the capital of Holland. Let's call it the capital of imaging. That sounds nice. But next year, we'll see. There are plenty of cities to go to, of course. Uh, And if Earshot listeners would like to attend, how can we get tickets? Well, that's an easy one. Uh, Just check out theimagingdays.com or go to our Facebook page. There's also an app there to get your tickets. Thank you, Anthony. All right.
0: I'm fine. And your answers were great. Uh, Before you go, just to help with the edit, could you uh, give me a random laugh for no reason? (laughs) That's perfect. Thanks for having me. I thought you'd gone. The Imaging Days, 8th and 9th of September. Sadly, it clashes with Next Radio, which forced a difficult decision here. Uh, But I will be there at the Imaging Days, and I'm sure Next Radio will do just fine without the imaging anoraks this year. I'm Steve Martin. Good to be with you. Well, it's been a busy summer for digital pop-up stations in the UK, with the BBC running one for the Eurovision Song
7: Contest, and then this... Over 22 days, BBC Commonwealth Voices will tell the story of Glasgow, its people and its culture. Commonwealth Voices will also bring together broadcasters from across the world. Working with the Commonwealth Broadcasting Association, we'll bring you stories from countries arriving in Glasgow for the 2014 Commonwealth Games. Live, online, daily, between 10am and 4pm, we'll be discovering more about the cultures of Glasgow, Scotland and Commonwealth nations. For more details, and about how to get involved, log on now to our website, bbc.co.uk forward slash Commonwealth Voices. 70 countries, 17 sports, one city. Live from Glasgow, this is BBC Commonwealth Voices. Oh yes, always nice
0: to hear some orchestra stabs. Uh, Colin Kelly was one of the on-air team at the station, and he explained to me the thinking behind
4: it? I think it really was three things. Um, First it was a collaboration with the Commonwealth Broadcasting Association Um, so part of the remit was for um, Glasgow to provide audio and material of of, uh, contributors and people involved in charities and community groups in Glasgow. Um, Also the various affiliated stations around the Commonwealth who were of course competing in the Commonwealth Games they would um, get their own audio from their own country and share that with us. Another big part of the project was uh, training. So BBC Scotland worked with one of the local colleges and they provided students um, who worked on placement and they were involved and they worked alongside the BBC production team and were involved in helping to put the shows together. Um, And the third part of the remit I guess was really just to tell the cultural story of the Commonwealth Games so we didn't get involved much in the sporting side of things but we talked about the environmental impact, the legacy and there was a big cultural programme going on alongside the sport
0: and Colin, what was your role on the station? I know you've been on air every day.
4: I have. So I presented a programme weekdays from 12 noon till 2pm for the last three weeks. And what was in that show? What was the format of those hours? <sighs> You know, I I loved it, Stephen. It just suited me perfectly. Um, The closest thing that you might be familiar with, I guess, would be maybe something like the Jeremy Vine show on BBC Radio 2. It Mm -hmm. had music in it. Um, It was two hours in duration. We played six tracks an hour. Um, And the speech... So where Jeremy Vine probably is doing news... It was more sort of social and human content. And, and t- I mean, I've worked in radio for 16 years and, and it was unique content. I've never done anything like this before. And it was the most varied and positive and fulfilling radio I've ever done. Um, today, for example, I interviewed a young woman from Glasgow who's 23 years old. She works for a charity that's all about encouraging um, children to play more, like climbing trees and play outside rather than play with iPads. Um, She was chosen by UNICEF to go to Guyana with Nicole Scherzinger to see um, a project that they're doing over there because, um, for example, disabled children in Guyana are hidden away. They're kept inside. There there was a particular young lad that she worked with. The the neighbours in his street didn't know he existed because there's a shame attached to being disabled. So UNICEF's doing incredible work over there and... um uh, Michaela was telling me all about that project. I had a bunch of guys in from Lesotho, um, which is in southern Africa. Country and, I know very well, Colin. Yeah, yes, and I, so you do. Uh, the, the Funky Shepherds, they're called. So <laughs> they make music out of instruments that they've created themselves. So they use, you know, an old uh, oil drum for the, for the drum, um, and uh, they use like the inner tube of tyres as drumsticks. They came in with their, their homemade instruments. Um, I found some rubbish that had been lying around the shopping centre gave it to them expecting it just to be a quick you know bit of bit of a laugh and within 10 seconds they'd had a quick chat with each other and turned it into wonderful music using a a coffee you know a, a, an empty coffee tub um a water container um, and so I found some ducting from some air, an air conditioning unit and they were using that <laughs> to make music so just varied positive exciting content and, and I loved it And you were in a shopping
0: centre in the east end of Glasgow. What kind of challenges did you face in that location as a broadcaster?
4: Well, to be honest, I didn't face many, apart from shoppers walking by and making funny faces at me through the window. Um, Most of the challenges had already been met because the, the BBC worked with an independent production company called Dabster. So they... Uh, took charge of the studio facilities and before i got there they had put in a very high spec studio and two studios so one for broadcast and another one for preparation uh, with an office area and they modified the shop unit so it had proper doors and and no, maybe not 100% soundproofing the way a, a a normal BBC studio would have, but certainly compared to maybe RSL stations I worked on when I was much younger, um, streets ahead in terms of the the facilities, um, and and also they they had kept in mind. Because of the training side of the remit, this had to be um, like the, so. The playout system and the editing software at the back of the minds was always let's use equipment that's going to be easy for people to learn on. And I think they they did an incredible job. The whole team.
0: Well, let's have a listen to the sound of the station, because this podcast is all about production and marketing, as you know. Uh, And I've got a little uh, bit of audio here, uh, which I think gives a a quick taster of the sound of Commonwealth voices, and
4: includes a bit of your voice as well. (laughs) Bringing you the stories behind these games, and exploring Scotland's relationship with the rest of the Commonwealth. In the next few minutes, I'll be joined by members of Amnesty International. They're coming here to tell me about their exhibition in Glasgow's Brigitte and the story that they're trying to highlight just now. This is about a 16-year-old boy who's been tortured and faces the death penalty in Nigeria. We'll also look at the environmental legacy of these games. And a couple of Glasgow students are coming in today to tell me all about this stuff. Can you hear this? An exhibition about the coins in your pocket. Get ready for some fascinating facts about small change. Music coming from Lily Allen, Keane and Radiohead, but we'll start with Jackie Wilson. 70
7: countries, 17 sports, 1 city. Live from Glasgow. This is BBC Commonwealth Voices.
0: Pretty hot off the uh, trigger finger there.
4: <laughs> well, you know I pride myself on keeping it <laughs> tight, Stephen.
0: <laughs> so, I uh, Uh, What I'm interested in here is uh, the whole notion of pop-up radio stations. We spend so much of our time in promotions and marketing building up the presence and the brand profile of stations over many, many years. How can you do it? How can you get awareness and get an audience for a station that's just on air for a very short period of time like this?
4: Well, I think it helps if you go somewhere where there's footfall, and obviously a busy shopping centre has that. It helps if you're backed by the BBC and you can put branding up with the BBC logo on it. Um, I think you need to have people, the team that you use for it, need to be prepared to muck in. Um, myself and Ian Hamilton and Kat QB and Julia Sutherland and uh, Stephen Duffy, my fellow presenters, it, we didn't just show and go. Um, you know, we, we, um, we, we got involved and we went the extra mile and the production team I, I think made an effort to have as much of, of a visual impact as well so we, we I've been on OBs and road shows with commercial radio where it just is appalling you know they have the presenter almost hidden away in a truck whereas we made sure that we we perf- almost performed in the in the area in the shopping centre area we had live musicians coming in we had uh, food demonstrations we had Cat Cuby, and I played table tennis in the middle of the shopping mall and, and that's why you you know the way the BBC did it and involving um, the production company Dabster having an engineer on site every day often two engineers so if I wanted you know a long microphone to go outside they, they made sure that it, it sounded proper and that it all worked okay and um, so we had multiple mics around the table tennis table so that the you know the effects weren't lost so it's just it's thinking it through and I think it's, it's thinking big and it's having everyone prepared to give a little extra effort And what response did you get from the audience? It was
0: online could you even tell where the audience was?
4: I, I couldn't. No. Um, so I think, I mean, personally, I'm not sure how many people listened to it. I'm sure the BBC will get that information. It was also repeated overnight on BBC Radio Scotland's Medium Wave channel. Mm-hmm. And, and I had some of my friends, you know, texting me and saying that they were listening. Um, I think when you, we had a huge number of contributors. So the, the editor, Colin Patterson, I think he, he told me today something like 150 items of content through the last three weeks. So when you start pulling in contributors who, through social media, all have their own audiences. They're telling their people hey, this is happening, and tune in, and so there's a, there's an element of word of mouth. Some of the, the people were just completely bemused, I'm sure. You know, they, they wandered past the shopping centre and they think, what's this? Um, and there's maybe people that, because of the way I think Radio Scotland links to it through their website, there will have been people that, that stumbled on it. But that's where the imaging and the identity is important. You're constantly trying to establish what this is, what we're doing, and, and who it's for. Um, it's the first time I've been involved in a pop-up radio station, and, you know, I have to say, I think the whole team did it really well.
0: Uh, and what have you learned from that experience that can help you, the seasoned broadcaster that you are? Have you learned something new in the in the last few weeks?
4: Yeah, I've learned a lot. I think it's really rejuvenated my my love of radio, and I think for the first time, I think of radio in a global sense. Um, it sounds like a I sound like a megalomaniac thinking. Imagine broadcasting to the whole world. But when you think about the reach of the Commonwealth or the Commonwealth Broadcasting Association, that's a huge number of people. Um, And you think as well of the role that radio plays in the lives of people in Malawi or Mozambique or the Bahamas or Lesotho. Um, it 's an incredible opportunity and then when you hear as a, as a journalist when you hear about these people 's lives um, so it 's given me a whole new passion and a whole new interest and i 'll probably never think of radio the same way again and I really for me it 's so nice to talk to people from these countries and it not being about news There's so often when i if I have had any sort of global awareness in the past it 's been related to doom and gloom whereas with Commonwealth voices yes some of it was quite dark we talked about glasgow's links with the slave trade. That's pretty dark stuff. But a lot of the content was very very positive. It was about uh, the culture of these countries, about the arts, um, about their, their heritage, and often about the things we had in common. And I need to mention BBC Radio 3. Um, some of the content came from them. They were good enough to share with us a programme they'd made called Commonwealth Connections, where they went to every country in the Commonwealth uh, and recorded the most wonderful packages um, about you know, local artists and and local people in in these particular communities.
0: Uh, and I understand a, a lot of the audio is going to be kept by the Commonwealth Broadcasting Association, so people will be able to hear it in the future. Isn't that right?
4: Yes, I think some of it's gone out already. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our, our best bits. Every day, the production team would upload it to their their website. And yes, I think I mean I don't know who where it's going to end up. It'll be it'll be fascinating, and certainly when we had contributors and they would ask us, where's this going to go? And we would tell them. And I guess what we're seeing is we're seeing technology and radio working together. You've got uh, traditional journalism, you've got an organisation like the BBC, but by using digital, the the reach is is greatly enhanced. And I think the other thing I've learned is um, that there are people in the world with a very different outlook on life from me and very different upbringing. And it's... um, as, as a journalist and someone that loves to tell stories and meet people and learn about these things, um, you know, it's, it's just been an absolute blessing.
0: Colin Kelly from BBC Commonwealth Voices. And, you know, back in March, I did some work at the Creative Loop Student Media Festival in Glasgow. We crowdsourced some voices from around the Commonwealth.
2: Hi, my name is Rhonda and I'm from the Commonwealth country of Australia. And
0: this is my voice. Rhonda and Sangita contributed.
2: My
5: name is Sangeeta Rajan and I'm from the Commonwealth country of India. This is my
3: voice.
0: Uh, my daughter had a go.
3: My name is Hannah and I'm from the Commonwealth country of England. This is my voice.
8: And who's this? My name is David and I'm from the Commonwealth country of England. This is my voice.
0: Yep. Radio's David Lloyd, right there. What a good sport. And finally.
4: My name is Oscar Didikoff Koblaza Mati, and I'm from the Commonwealth country of Ghana. This is my voice.
0: Name of the day, write it down Oscar Didikoff Koblaza Mati. That deserves an orchestra stab. Thank you.
5: Earshots. Steve Martin.
0: So we're just building up to the Imaging Days event in Amsterdam in September. So talking a lot about jingles and imaging on the podcast this time. And of course, one way to do station imaging is to buy a package off the shelf. And believe me, there's one for every occasion. TM Studios in Dallas actually made a jingle package called America's War on Terror. To help set your station's coverage apart from and above
2: the competition. America's War on Terror contains eight different themes in 24 unique forms. Cut one.
0: It's very patriotic. The first
2: mix-out adds strains of America to the theme. The second mix-out adds strains of our national anthem.
0: wrap your station in the stars and stripes. The America's War on Terror package is available for instant download with CD delivery via Next Day FedEx. Yeah, apparently they're still working on the follow-up packages Ebola emergency and uh, Ukraine border incursion. It's all a bit bizarre to European ears, isn't it? But we must forgive them because TM, let's not forget, also wrote and produced this bundle of joy. that is a jingle an extended imaging edition this time and I don't know about you but we haven't heard much from Tony Blackburn recently have we (laughs) Well, in this golden anniversary year for Tony, I wanted to ask him how important have been his jingles to his performances over the last 50 years.
3: Well, the, um, I mean, jingles, to to my way of thinking, I come from that generation that had those wonderful Pam's jingles. And uh, they were very, very important. Uh, The Radio Caroline jingles weren't very good, but uh, (laughs) Big L Radio London, uh, the jingles they had there were fantastic. In fact, that was the reason why I wanted to join the station, because they were such terrific jingles. And the imaging that they gave the station, um, they were just tremendous. And and it's a shame we don't have those sort of jingles now. In fact, I have introduced them on Pick of the Pops, and people love them. So what makes a great jingle for you? Oh, um, well... I think the Americans are particularly good at it. You know, some of the singers they had in the 60s and they, the message they came across, you know, a short, sharp message, but beautifully produced. And um, I, I just love them. I mean, I, I, I remember when I joined Radio London, Big L Radio London, this is, I just sat in the studio and played these fantastic jingles, you know, wonderful, wonderful Radio London. And I love them so much, I, I was the first DJ in the country to get jingles on my own name. I I, I went to um, Denmark Street and uh, hired a very small little orchestra and I did the Tony Blackburn Show because I think they're so important, uh, getting that message across.
0: So what do you think the jingles do on the air that uh, uh,
3: voices or other form of, of, of production or communication cannot achieve alone? Well, I think they just give the station a particular sound. You know, I mean, I don't think people realise in, in this day and age how important they are. They just give it that slick production. This is why I introduced them on Pick of the Pops. You know, it gives the show a, just a completely different sound. I mean, Steve writes another... Uh, one who absolutely adores jingles and uh, you know i mean i can i can sit and listen to a package of jingles at home instead of a a record to be honest with you sometimes i get more of a kick out of that uh, because they're just beautifully produced and um, a record you know is great and the song's fabulous but the the technique is putting over a message in say 20 seconds and that's not an easy thing to do it's not easy to write them and it's not easy to sing them, necessarily. And they have to stand repeated play on air yeah. as well, don't they? Oh, yes, they've got to be repeated, and the, you know, you've know you got to get a little gimmick into it. I mean, in the early 60s, we had the Sonovox voice, which I thought was tremendous. And uh, I tried to reproduce it myself, actually, but <laughs> it's very, very difficult to do. But on, on the Pick of the Pops jingles, we have actually managed to do that, because uh, the ones we use on Pick of the Pops on Radio 2 are the original backing tracks... Some of the original singers who actually the original singers are all Ted unfortunately and American singers, but uh, there is and we've sort of laid some English voices over it and they, they've done them brilliantly Remember this golden.
7: Tony Blackburn, BBC Radio
3: 2. Well, I think the ones that we had in the 60s, C24, were probably the best ever made. Wonderful difference The fastest thing in
7: the air. Pick of the bops on BBC Radio 2.
0: How do you decide which jingle you're going to play next when you've got the song on the, on the schedule? Yeah. How, how, um, how does that work for you?
3: Well, I, I don't know. It, it just goes along. If you've got a, if you've got a slower song, you're going into a slower song, you'll, you'll probably have a slower jingle. Uh, I mean, we've got a lovely one, which Kenny Everett actually wrote the, the lyrics for, Music Hour by Hour, Too Much on Your Tower. And uh, that's a lovely jingle to go into a, short, uh, a slower record with. And if it's an up-tempo one, you'll, you've got an up-tempo jingle that goes along with it. I don't know. To me, it's just a natural thing. It's like, um, it's like painting and sound. Really, they, they either go or they don't. And also knowing how to talk over the introduction of the jingle as well. You know, a lot of the uh, the DJs nowadays they don't they haven't worked with these great jingles. And they don't know how it, how to how to use them. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's quite it's an art putting them together. It's it's terrific. I love them.
0: And do you think anybody today is producing jingles of the the quality? Uh, and the finesse that you remember from from back in the day?
3: Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard some of them. Some of the the early Chris Moyles ones, I think, on Radio 1, they were very well produced, you know, very well produced. I think Sandy... Sandy Beach. Sandy Beach made made those. They were very good. Um, Not not as good as the original 60s ones, I don't think, but nevertheless, they were very good. And uh, Wise Buddha uh, uh, producing some nice jingles as well. Uh, But the Americans, I don't know, they just have that extra something about them. In, in the sixties, I don't think anybody's produced better jingles than those. But yeah, the Chris Moore's ones I thought were very good. On your pick of the pop show, you uh, you
0: play a lot of station promos promoting other yeah. other programs on the on the network, mm. and you have a great way of introducing those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've made a little compilation of some of your yeah. recent highlights.
3: <laughs> Reaching number ten on their charts. My uh, apologies if you hear a funny squeaking noise now then. It's just my leg is playing up a little bit. Uh, it's not too nice. I'll I, I just uh, just warn you about it. Here it is. Here yeah. in the archives, there's a proposal from me which says the great international language of music is coming into play. Right now, L- talking about London, what part of London should we uh, think about? Let me see. Um... Think
5: of the East End of
3: London. Oh yeah. No. In the wind, Elton John at number 11. Uh, Bill Kenrise here. What do you think, Bill, of high definition 3D and fiber optic mega sound? I'm just not at all with high definition oh, yeah. 3D fiber optic mega sound. Oh. Uh Don't forget Dermot O'Leary here just after uh, three o'clock. What do we love that has 60 pieces and 40 voices? The 60 piece BBC
5: Concert Orchestra, the 40 voices of the London Chorus. A night of the music of the movies.
3: That's the number four. I was thinking to myself, I wonder if is Good Morning Sunday a different programme to anything else on Radio 2? Good Morning Sunday is a
7: different programme oh. from pretty much anything else on Radio 2. Claire Balding returns to
5: BBC Radio 2.
3: Yes, I, I enjoy doing that. You know, I listen When the show's going out, I listen to the introduction of them and we, we normally find... Uh, Something, you know, I normally find something funny to introduce them to. I think the latest one was something to do with Morris Stewart or something. I'm confused, I don't know who I am anymore. I'm Morris Stewart. And it, just, it just, just, I know the people who make them like, like the way I introduce them as well. It's just a bit of fun, it adds to it. Uh, because otherwise, some people say, oh yeah, you know, it's a bit boring having a promotion, but you can actually, it's the way you sell the things.
0: And that's a music uh, show, but you're also doing speech radio yeah. on BBC Radio Berkshire now. Yes. Um, what's the difference in the, for you in the role of the, the imaging and yeah. the jingles when you're doing speech radio?
3: Well, um, once again, we, do, we still have uh, the jingles as well. There is the imaging that goes on. They're not, they're not quite as important as um, with, with music radio, but nevertheless, they still give the station a, a, a sound to it. I think that that's really very important. Um, but with the, with the speech, obviously, you know, I, I mean, I enjoy doing the speech programs as well, very much. But we actually, we do play one or two of the original jingles in that as well. I don't know why, but the, the <laughs> producer who does it, he's crept them in as well. He rather likes them. And suddenly out of the blue, I hear, you know, the fastest thing in the air or something like that. Or, um, and they add to it a little bit. They make they make the show sound different. And I, I, I don't like the, um, a lot of the radio stations now just have the the voice ones, you know, this is whatever it might just be. Just a sweeper. Yeah, just a sweeper. I'm not, I'm not mad about sweepers. I like the properly produced jingles. They give the station a, um, a sound that I think is... Um, it just gives it a little bit of a unique sound, and I, I think that's the great thing about it. And what would you say to people who say, but that's very old-fashioned? Well, it isn't old-fashioned. Well, it might be old-fashioned to them, but unfortunately I don't listen to many of these radio experts anymore because they don't know any more about it than anybody else. And they might say that, but to be honest with you, uh, they need to see the response. Well, with Pick of the Pops, um, in the last two years, we put on an audience of one million. And I know a lot of that is to do with the fact that they like hearing that those 60s jingles, particularly when we're doing a 60s chart, they just go along with them. It's a part of the retro sort of sound. And if the reason why a lot of people say that they don't like the their jingles is because... They don't understand it. They come from a different generation. They're not old-fashioned at all. And you can actually produce really up-to-date sounding jingles as well. And uh, they're not retro at all. Um, It's just that comes from people who don't understand how to use them. Uh, And if you were to give
0: your top three tips to the DJs of the future on how to use jingles, what would they be?
3: Um, listen <laughs> listen to the way I do it <laughs> that's an awful thing to say but no you can listen I mean um, some of us from that um, no I, listen to Steve listen to Steve Wright he, he uses them beautifully um, I think probably the way that Steve and I use them that's the way they, they should be used because we were taught how to do it in the 60s you know we learned how to do it in the 60s and I think that um, it's the way way you introduce them into a programme and it it does make a hell of a difference it makes the whole production sound as though it's been produced beautifully Tony, it's great talking to you (laughs) many thanks for your time Pleasure
2: You'll find
7: the fun Radiates around Radio 2 From the BBC
0: The legendary Tony Blackburn. What a delightful man. And a man who loves his jingles too, that's for sure. If you love them too, then I may well be seeing you at the Imaging Days in Amsterdam in September. A lot of the big names in imaging are there from right across Europe and beyond. And there's a lot more about imaging and production at our website, earshotcreative.com. Case studies on imaging, production, marketing and advertising in radio all at earshotcreative.com And I'm going to leave you this time on the podcast uh, with my favourite radio ad of the summer holidays. If you have children or maybe you're just dreaming about your own childhood, then I reckon you'll relate to this.
3: Hooray for the glorious nothing days, those wonderful empty calendar days when family is just family. And munching buttery toast is the only thing on your to do list. Kick off your shoes, let the good times oh, roi polly. This is a day to scoff buttery slices and slide down the stairs in our sleeping bags. A glorious nothing day. Made with real butter, and spreadable,
0: tastes like home. It's lovely, isn't it? Creative by CHI and Partners, planning from carrots. I'd love to know who the copywriter was. Wonderful writing. Thanks to Claire Bowen at the RAB for the audio. I'm Steve Martin, Ambassador of Radio, and thanks to you for being within earshot.